new this morning. He's alive. And that's the reason we're here. And that's the reason we'll continue to be here. We know that uh, Jesus was arrested. We know that he was nailed to a cross. And we know that on that cross he bore our sins. Our sins. My sins, your sins, everybody's sins. Then he died and was placed in a tomb. This morning, if you if you've got your Bibles, please, let's turn to Luke chapter twenty-four. We're going to start in verse 1 and read down through verse 12. Everybody, most people, of course, I was raised in the churches. This was, oh, an Easter sermon. Celebrate Easter. Well, I'm here this morning. We're celebrating resurrection. <laughs> okay. All right, I still hear pages turning. Everybody ready? ready. All right, Beth. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothing. And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living one among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words and returned from the tomb and reported all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now they were Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James. Also the other women with them were telling these things to the apostles. But these words appeared to them as nonsense and they would not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen wrappings only and he went away to his home marveling at what had happened. Heavenly Father, we're thankful again for this opportunity that we get to come to your house. Lord, we pray now that you would bless this reading of your word. Lord, I step out of the way for you to step through and to give this congregation what it needs this morning. Lead us and guide us. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Jesus was put in the tomb. And on the third day, 
as historians tell us, that uh, the women went to do what they would normally do is to treat the body to help with the embalming process. Even though it was, even though when we embalm today, we do it before we have a burial. Then they didn't always get it that way because the spices they used were very expensive. But we know through history through the, that the tomb was very secure. It was not a little rock that they laid in front of a little hole. This was a boulder that it took multiple men to move. And not only was there the stone in front of the tomb, there were guards posted. So nobody was going to steal Jesus' body. And then the women get there. And what did they find? They found an open tomb. No guards. The guards had done run off. But what did, the, what did these women find? They found the angel. And what did the angel tell them? He's not here. That's why we're here this morning. It's because Jesus did what he said. He rose from the dead the third day to complete our salvation. How do we get our salvation? Very simple. We ask him for it. We are not chosen out of the clear blue, oh, well, you get salvation, you get salvation. No. We were created with free will. So we get to choose whether we want it or not. And I'll be the first one to tell you, I am so happy I did. And so happy for this time of year that we're celebrating. It doesn't make any difference what you call it to me because every time I come to a church service, I'm coming to celebrate God. Amen. I'm so tired of everybody thinking, oh, well, you know, I got to tiptoe around. No, I'm not tiptoeing. I've apologized for a lot of things in my life, but what the Bible says, I will never apologize for. I come on Sundays. I come on Wednesdays. I come whenever I get a chance, which is a little harder for me nowadays but since, I, since Beth won't let me drive. And for those who don't know, I am blind, so you don't want me driving. I don't come because of what's going on with different days or different things. I'm not going to get into that. That's not got anything to do with why we're here. The reason we're here is because we are celebrating a risen Lord. Amen. Celebrating the one, the one way 
for us to get to live in eternity with our Heavenly Father. If anybody tells you any different, run away. Don't stand there unless you've got a Bible to back you up and you can prove them wrong and show them where they're wrong. Of course, if, you've got, if you can't prove them wrong without the Bible, there's something wrong too. I'm, I'm a kind of a shy person, believe it or not. How many of you believe that? How many of you don't believe, say amen? amen. That's what I figured. <laughs> believe it or not, up until about six, a little over six years ago, made me a nervous wreck to speak to people. When God took and said, when God had enough of me running, running away and used this, what I call a blessing now, of me not being able to see, to put me back on track, I lost all fear. Because guess what? I can't see your face, so I can't tell if you're snarling at me or not. Don't really care. Because I'm going to preach what the Bible says. I've got no doctrine other than the Bible. I was, I mean, I was raised in Southern Baptist churches. I was even, I've even attended independent Baptist churches. And good gracious, I'm, I'm glad, ladies, if y'all are, are 50 years or older, you understand that independent Baptist church, you didn't wear pants. You wore dresses. And the men had a town on Sunday morning. Even the boys in the churches I went to, and of course I was a deacon's child, so I was made to be the example. I was so thankful when my father decided to be an ordained Southern Baptist preacher, because then I didn't have to wear the tie. But we would not be here today if it was not for this one series of events that took place. God sent his son. He bore our sins on a wooden cross. He died and was buried and beat death to rise again to give us salvation. I am so happy that I know I've got I got a brother who's at the age of 48 passed away with a heart problem. And of course, you know, it, it saddens everybody when something like that happens. The family's distraught, and the only thing I could think of when I went, when we went to the funeral, and I viewed his body for the last time, the only thing I could think of to tell him was, "You beat me to it." I said, "It's not fair. You beat me there." 
Because I, everybody knows if you work hard, if you end up working hard all your life, you usually don't live that long. But God has the plan for us just like he had the plan for his son. Jesus could have chose to leave us like we were. Where would we be right now without this one event? The events of this one few days. I very, so I, I, I much doubt that we would be coming with uh, sheep and doves and whatever to have blood offerings. Because if, if most of us are like I am, don't really want to get your hands dirty that much. We wouldn't have not one chance of having an eternity with our Lord Jesus Christ. I was raised, luckily for me, I was raised in a and a good God-fearing family, which, believe it or not, on both sides of my family, on my dad's side and on my mother's side, we were the outcast because we didn't li we didn't li live like heathens and all the time. And And I really didn't understand that until I got grown. I didn't understand why the family didn't want us around. Because once my dad walked in the door, all the ugly talk stopped. Our job as Christians is to tell people why we're here today, what we're celebrating this moment, every moment. We should celebrate Resurrection Day, as I call it, every day of the week. Because through his resurrection, we now know that we have been promised to be resurrected too. We are going to live. He showed us the way. We're going to live eternity with our Heavenly Father. If you don't know, if you even have a, a question about whether or not you're going to get to live eternally with the Heavenly Father, I pray today that you will make it correct because I'm one that I don't want to see anybody go to hell. I want to see everybody. I'm a people person when it comes to now because I don't have I don't have the restrictions that I used to have. 
I've been told by many, oh, well, you, I don't know why God punished you this way. I had, a, I had what I thought was an, a fine, outstanding, God-fearing, Bible-thumping preacher tell me that one time. I haven't spoke to him since because I told him that it was not a curse. It was not something I'd done wrong. It was what God gave me to spread his word. I was told, oh, you can't do nothing. Ask Beth what I've been doing over the last three weeks. I've been adding on to my deck. How many folks think it's safe for a blind man to use a saw? <laughs> Matter of fact, I've used three different saws this in the last three weeks. <laughs> how many of how many of you think it's safe for a for a blind man to use a nail gun? Use those two. Because I came to the conclusion that if Jesus can bear my sins on the cross, that humans put him on, that we nailed him to, our sins nailed him to that cross, that if he can do that, I can overcome a little something like being blind. I have thoroughly enjoy, I enjoyed my life when I could work and drive. And I'll tell you right now, I, if I could work every day, I would. But it's hard for a blind maintenance man or plumber to find a job. You can't get shocked and you can't get burnt. But I realized that when that doctor said, well, you know, you can't work doing what you did for a living anymore, which was his nice way of trying to tell me I was blind. I realized a year later, after I went through my own pity party, that it was time for me to go to work. Because God said, you've had enough time get up and go to work. So now my job is what I do right now. I tell people about Jesus. Facebook is a horrible thing. It's also a wonderful thing. I've got a Facebook page. And I've got, I'm several groups and it's a good thing there's several guide dog groups I'm a member of and if it hadn't been for a lot of those I would not be in the position I'm in using a guide dog but I'm also in two different Christian groups one of them is 
just an open Christian forum. But the other one is for visually impaired and blind Christians. When I look at the numbers, there's like thousands upon thousands in the one group. But in the visually impaired and blind, 768 members of that group. There's a big difference. I thought that when I decided to start back up, that that's what I would be doing. It would be trying to reach the visually impaired, as they call us. Has to be politically correct. Blind is blind, people. It doesn't make any difference. <laughs> but then, through prayer and prayer from many others, I realized that that was not the case. My ca the case was I was going to preach to everybody. I preach that Jesus died for my sin. When was the last time that you got to tell somebody that Christ is alive. When was the last time that somebody walked up to you somewhere out of the ordinary and either tried to tell you or ask you about Jesus? I have studied many, many things over the years, most of them not biblical, because I thought that was what I was supposed to do. But I have also studied more in the last six years I have studied more Bible than I ever thought about when I could see. And all because I wanted to make sure that I was correct when I said Jesus is the only way. I have seen all the stars. Oh, you know, you got, there's more than one way. No, the Bible says the only way to the Father is through Jesus. And I am completely positive in that belief. My Bible nowadays looks a little different. My Bible looks like this. Now, y'all can see how many notes I'm using, right? 
That's the only way I can read a Bible is through that. And ear, y'all see y'all see me sitting in the pew with the earphones in or earbuds. I'm reading along with whoever's reading. But the simple fact is, you can't believe what somebody tells you unless you can read it along with them. If you don't have a Bible, let us know. Surely this church, we could get you a Bible of your very own that you can read and study and see and see where I have read or what I had read this morning from Luke. See that it's true because the Bible is the infallible word of God. We will never have another book. We will never have another chance to read a book. Hey, we know how it ends, people. We win. God wins. We get to we get to be on the winning side. If I had some pom-poms, I might do a little cheer about it. All because Jesus came and died and was resurrected for us. He's alive. If you don't believe me, jump out of bed one morning and miss the floor. How many of you think about missing the floor when you get out of bed in the morning? How many of you have faith that your floor is still there? How many of you even think about it? I can tell you, most people don't think about it. Most people don't think about why we're Christians either. We have forgotten, as a church, we have forgotten where our base is. Our base is through the coming, the crucifixion, the death and the burial and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's our base. It doesn't make any difference what else is going on. We are of one body. We are the church. And as the church, we've got to teach birth, death, resurrection. We've got to tell people about our Lord and Savior and let them know how they can become how they can believe and have eternal life and spend it with him. As I said, I'm not a very educated man. I do have some college. I'm ashamed of most of it. Because you believe you you would be surprised at how many wrong things get taught in Bible college. And when I, I I had a I had a class, and it was a they called it Bible overview. That's not what it was. It was it was a prove me wrong class is what it was. My final paper I turned in. I got a failing grade. And when I 
looked back over it. I took my paper and I went to the dean and said, why did I fail this class? How is this paper a failing grade? Come to find out, the professor only wanted his opinion. His opinion was the only one that mattered. Because he interpreted what he wanted. There were no options for anybody else's. <laughs> I walked away passing the class anyway. We have, as Christians, we've got to be able to stand up through the torment and the sadness, the situations that we face every day. We've got to be able to stand strong, move forward, leave the past in the past, because we are God's family. We are his bride. We are going forward, onward and upward, because that's what we're supposed to do. I want everybody to know that I am very saddened by our situation, but that's in the past. We find ourselves moving up. Now we'll move forward. God's not through with us. If you believe God's through with us, you better let me know now. Then I take it everybody believes that God still wants to work through this church. Then as we leave here today, we should be able to tell the people on the outside of these doors, the people in our families that we're going to meet and have lunch with, Maggie, uh, that we're going to have our family get-togethers today, that we ought to be able to tell them that he's alive. He's alive and always will be. Look to your left and tell the person next to you that he's alive. Look to your right. Tell the person to your right that he's alive. Look at me and I want to hear you tell me he's alive. Amen. I love it. Does that get your heart pumping? Does that make you want to get out and go tell somebody? It does me. And I get the chance to do it to my own kids today. <laughs> that I know they're saved, but they just kind of wandered off. When you ask one of their children, what is, what is Easter? And they say, hunting eggs. I just hang my head and look at, look at their parents and say, you know better. I said, I mean, who knows? Maybe today will be the day I get to put, kick my oldest son in the right direction for a change.
Maybe we can lose his backslidedness and he can find my tools he's left in my yard. <laughs> but in closing this morning, I want to say as our pianist and Mark come up and get ready for our invitation, that I am very honored to be able preach this morning as I call it Resurrection Sunday of course I could call I call I just about call every Sunday that but I want everybody to realize that God's alive and we are his chosen ones and we are supposed to tell everybody that we are. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, we're going to give you the opportunity. Is Brother Brad in here yet? Okay. We are going to, I'm going to ask you everybody to bow their heads, close their eyes. And I've got one question for those who doesn't know. Are you ready to know the Lord Jesus? If you are, just slip your hand up real slowly. Brother Brad, if I can get your help if you see any. If you're, if you're, if you're not sure that today, if you walk out these doors and you didn't get another breath, that you would be in the arms of God today. Now's the time to make it right. We've got plenty of men who will pray with you and help with you. Women, we got women that'll do the same thing. I'll pray with you. I'll help you. Brother Brad's here. He can help you. The deacons are scattered out. They can help. Sunday school teachers, they can help. But don't let it slip away from you today. God's got a plan for all of us just like he had a plan for his son to bear our burdens and our sins so that we would have the chance to, to live eternally with him. Our Heavenly Father, we pray now, Lord, that you would not let anyone leave this building, Lord, this morning without them knowing you and knowing how to come to you Lord, we pray that all questions would be answered. In Jesus' name we pray.